I would go into the game and I would find a chain link fence in the bullpen and like I would take those plyo balls and then I would take a baseball and I would just let it rip <laughs> like into this chain link fence and I would do it like 10 times and everyone you know in the pen would look at me like what's this guy doing and I'm not kidding like because I did this I would do the sprints I would do the high knees I would do the the weightlifting I would do the bands and like I never got that real motion but like when I would just take this ball and just drive it into this chain link fence and like tell my arm like hey it's ready to go like I would get on the mound and I would just feel like my arm was so electric Hey, this is More Than Velocity. I'm Bart Pear here with Ryan Croton and Jordan Oseguera. And today we have Ty Buttry with us. Uh, very excited to talk to Ty. He actually um, started his career straight out of high school, drafted by the Red Sox, and then ended up with a MLB, uh, MLB debut uh, with, the, with the Angels. Uh, was there with a couple of years and then retired. And uh, it's got a definite interesting take on a few things. And we'd love to talk to people who've got an interesting take. Uh, both Jordan and Ryan know Ty very well. Uh, so I'm going to kick it over to uh, to Ryan to get started. Yeah, I'm just I'm just going to preface for our audience that uh, watching Ty work, um, it's inspiring, and he takes his business very seriously. I I got a chance to work with him more on a private basis during COVID, um, where he came into Arizona, and uh, he's the kind of guy that shows up early. You know, it's it's funny. A lot of major league players, you put a timeout for when you want to warm them up and you can count on 15 to 20 minutes being later. And uh, he beat me to the line. Uh, he's he's really, um, he's dedicated, I would say, as an athlete. And he is particular. He researches, he's worked with a lot of great strength coaches uh, to find, you know, the right balance of what he needs to do to become the best that he possibly can be. And uh, unfortunately, we can't video our players when they're training and doing those things and showing it to kids. But I know I can tell them for a fact for, for, you know, all these coaches is that you'll see some major leaguers that you feel inside that when they get to that level, they work harder than they ever had as an amateur. And to see that kind of work and to share that, I wish I could with these young athletes that, you know, are playing video games all day or they're eating chips every meal, you know, those kinds of things. Um, this would be a, a wake-up call that there is a lot of work behind the scenes that these guys do. And he's one of them. And, and before I keep rambling on, um, Ty, I, I want to, you know, go through, you know, your process, your, your changes that, you know, you went through this whole entire career. What kind of changes have you made in your process? The things that you had learned and the things that you had evolved. Um, I'd love to know. I'd love our listeners to know from, from what you've done. I appreciate you guys having me on, Bart, Jordan, Ryan. Good seeing you guys. Um, So basically, as Croton said, I've always been, um, I would consider myself a very hard worker. I actually, it's crazy. I consider myself naturally a lazy person. And I've always had this constant battle with myself that like, I don't want to be the person that's just sitting on the couch. You know, I, but as much as I love sitting on the couch, it's like, how do I become the best? I don't become the best by sitting on the couch. I guess my brain has always worked. And sometimes it's 
very beneficial and other times it's kind of a detriment to me and you know especially with my mechanics um learning how to kind of control that but basically like if there's an issue if there's a solution you know it's, it's a very simple process like I never was really routine based uh just kind of growing up and that's basically you know if anyone sees my Instagram I'm on like day 234 where I'm just basically doing the same similar actions every single day you know taking a healthy shot of this wood root tonic um drink you know drinking my like um uh, mixed greens jumping in a freezing cold tub doing some type of cardio uh doing a red light and then doing a mindfulness like meditation and like this time away from baseball i've been able to kind of really gather myself and understand you know how routines can be affected how to have balance with your working um you know your workouts i because i was a guy that would just train i mean seven days a week i would think about it 24 7 um you know, and it helped me so much. I was in great shape, but you can still work extremely hard and still have a balance. And as Croton said, like it, it doesn't take, it's very little effort to show up to the field on time to, you know, respect the coaches that are giving you this, you know, training you. It's like, listen, man, you're out here training me to try to get me to be the best. I'm wasting our time if I'm not trying to be the best. And so like to answer your question, explaining my process has always been very um I've always it's always been the same it's I ask questions when I don't understand even if I sound stupid even if I get made fun of um I may not be the smartest guy but I'm going to continue asking questions until I understand it and so for instance I'm always internally asking myself why and so my change up isn't breaking okay well why is it not you know why is it not uh, having that drop okay well maybe I'm not protein enough well, and this may look like overthinking, but like, it's for me, there's always a solution. And like I said, it's a detriment and it's also extremely beneficial. Okay. So my knees hurting. Well, why is my knee hurting? Well, maybe it's because my glutes aren't turned on. Well, why are my glutes turned on? Well, maybe because my hip flexors are out. And so like, I've always like, people look at that and they're like, Whoa, that's too much. But like, that's also how I've gotten myself to such a high level. Like I have a bad game. Okay. What went wrong? Go back, look at film, understand. Well, was I leaking? Was I flying open? Make the correction, you know, write the correction down, say the correction out loud. Like I was just always trying to solve whatever issue it was. And as Jordan knows, probably sometimes I tried to solve the issue um, a little bit too much. Like sometimes I would overthink that process a little bit when there wasn't really an issue. So that drive and that ability to ask myself why and always trying to figure out what I need to do to solve it got me into the big leagues, you know, made me excel. Um, but also learning that balance of, okay, you need to change here. You need to chill here. And that's where I'm kind of going through right now. But um, I know that's kind of maybe a little philosophical, but like that was my process. And I think, I think you see that with a lot of players. I mean, a lot of the greats, you know, guys, they're not happy when they fail. So if you're not, if you don't like the result, do something about it. Don't just sit there and continue doing the same thing over and over again. You'll get the same result. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah, to I touch base on that. You said some awesome things that kind of trigger a couple conversations that we've had in our head. And, you know, to go back, I have the honor of saying I was actually Ty's first pitching coach he had in the angels org. Cause that was when I was splitting time between the AZL as well as a pitching analyst slash assistant to the assistant regional core, whatever the heck the title was. I don't even remember. I had like 30 titles, but we had Ty on his rehab as soon as we got him from, from the uh, Red Sox. 
And he was awesome in dealing with it. He comes over and he goes, this is what the Red Sox told me my plan was. This is what the front office of the Angels told me my plan should be. Like, how can we best implement that in, in a rookie ball setting? And he knows dead forward, like, I'm going to try to do this. And guys are going to be swinging at things that go to the backstop. So he comes out of the game. He's very analytical in a positive manner. And I know you said the word Iowa, maybe I overthought some stuff. I thought you thought dead on with everything. Because if you saw the data, you saw the information, you would go, oh, yeah, I can calm down on what it is I'm seeing. Yep. And then, you know, that's kind of how our first introduction went there. And then I came up at the end of the year to finish out the year against Oakland. I remember that. And I was able to kind of sit down, go over some mechanical stuff with you and really put that uh, into play. And, you know, you came back and had a fantastic season, throwing the hardest you've ever thrown. And you, you again, you took that information that you said, oh, maybe I'm overanalyzing. No, you're dead on because you're not overthinking it. You're not underthinking it. Yeah. Because those are two dangerous things. You're taking the information. You're putting up the bumpers on the bowling alley and you're always hitting pins may not always be a strike, but you're scoring when it comes yep. down to it. And to yep. give an example of that, I remember you threw against Houston and it was in Houston and we were waiting to get the information back and you go, I know pitch number seven against Correa was my best fastball. I yep. tried this with my grip. Can you, can you confirm this? And I went back, looked at it, best velo and it was your best induced vertical break. Yep. Perfect. That's my new grip. And you kept hammering that out, hammering it out, hammering it out. And you knew based on the proof, I'm not overthinking this. But you're also right. not just going like, hey, that felt good. Feel must be real. You're yep. using logic and actual data to make sure what you're feeling and what you're actually doing are lining up to, to put those pieces together. So I know you said you overthought it. But if you don't mind, I just obviously gave people a little more dive into what your process was. And you're not yeah, just no. rolling dice. <laughs> no, not having an, trying to have an awareness, trying to understand how to get myself to be the best version of myself I can be. I mean, that's what, if your goal in life is to be average, that's fine. But like, I personally want to be the best at what I can be in any sport. So that takes an awareness. It takes an emotional intelligence to understand where you're at and what you're feeling. And you got to be able to act on that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One, one of the things I really love. So when I listen to major league players versus minor league players, it's so interesting to me because the, the major league player is in the moment for a lot of the time. So for instance, when Ty is able to communicate about a pitch that he made and knows the exact pitch in a sequence, you know, that that's a higher level awareness in sport. You know, a lot of times athletes aren't there. They're not playing pitch to pitch and they're not, you know, they don't have that recall ability. I know myself as a hitter, um, I, I could remember certain at-bats. I could remember the sequences. You know, that was something that I, I really took pride in and being in the moment. You know, what's going on right now? You know, what is happening right now? And not thinking 50 years into the future, you know, uh, about where the fielders are playing or, you know, any of those things. I was just, it, it's, it was focus. Um, and I try to have the same thing in my work, but, you know, Ty, how do you, during games, I mean, you were in some crucial situations, you know, obviously closing games and in like high leverage situations where the games could change. Like, how did you bring yourself back to as now? a first year big leaguer too? as a yeah, first year yeah, big how, leaguer, point that out? How, how did how did you do that? I mean, we can't obviously we can't get in your head and we're not on the field with you. We know your body for sure. That that's what we had to know what it could do, you know, your athletic qualities and what you needed from training. But what? What were some things that you did to keep yourself in the present? Um, 
you know, I always was for, for me, man, it was always a battle. Like I would always try to, if the situation, and this is like, I'm not admitting that I was scared or nervous or anything. I just, and if the situation was a big stressful situation, I would just try to match my energy and try to go above and beyond it. That's why I felt like in more, you know, loud stadiums, you know, closer games, I thrived off that. I felt like that's a big reason why not to make an excuse, but I did poorly over the COVID season was I just tried to match the energy. And now I feel like I can kind of create that own energy from within and like balance it. Um, so, you know, these big situations, I just would try to step up to the challenge and stepping up to the challenge, you know, you're pumping yourself up, you're getting yourself throwing hard. Like I would always try to in the bullpen, you know, let the ball go. Like I'm in there thinking about Correa's up the bat, you know, putting myself, um, that first pitch, what am I doing? And so like, I'm going through these pitches in my head and then I would get a fast jog out to the, into the mound. Like I'm not just sitting there, you know, walking there. Like I'm getting myself ready to go to battle. I looked at it as going to battle. Um, and for me, it's that fight or flight mode. And so, um, that was how I did it. It was, a, I'm not going to lie. Like it was a stressful way I competed. I, um, it, didn't allow me to be as consistent I think as I wanted to and that's where I've kind of learned that you know my time away from ball I feel like I've been able to kind of harness that a little bit better so when I come back um, if I come back I'll definitely be able to you know be more just emotionally as you know I appreciate you saying that Chrome but I felt like I could definitely be in the moment way more and not have to like psych myself up not have to drink a Red Bull Um, you know you see you see a lot of guys you know in the um, big leagues, you know, they have their routines, they do their things, but like, I want to be to a point, you know, even if it's the last year of my career, I want to be to the point where I'm so just in the moment that I just flip the switch on and I flip it off. And I think that's what like the, the really, really exceptional athletes do. They can flip the switch on and they can flip it off good or bad in, in a second. And me, you know, my, when I would have a good game, my highs were really high. When I have a bad game, my lows were really low. Um, because I was always trying to match, you know, however it was. And so that's something that I appreciate you saying that, but I think I, you know, there's a lot of room for improvement in that aspect for me. Yeah, And that, hey, that's insight. That's just learning about you and understanding what makes you tick. And instead of trying to rise to the situation, you're in a sense telling the situation it needs to rise to you because exactly. you're the one setting the, you're, you're not a, I, I'm not good with Bart's Bart's got more kids than all of us. So what is it? The, the barometer they're the thermostat. You're not the thermostat. You're not, you're, you're the one actually being the thermostat. You're not the, the thermometer. There we go. That makes right. sense. Coin that for me, Bart. You're the All guy right. who coins my strange <laughs> things. So you're actually setting the temperature instead of just telling everyone what the temperature is. Yep. Definitely. 100%. Yeah, it's, 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 I mean, I mean, you're saying some things. I mean, I, I, I try to do a little bit of research as you're talking about this. So how do, how does the body, how can you amp up the body naturally? Um, without caffeine, because there are some effects with being over caffeinated. You know, people yeah. don't know that, that if you get to a certain milligram dosage per kilogram, that's too high. It actually starts to affect some of your muscle coordination. There, there is an optimal level of timing, which you use caffeine. But one of the things that, you know, I, I've kind of been thinking about is apple cider vinegar shots. Mm. I know this sounds crazy, but 
the the body responds in a in a sympathetic way you know our gas system you know we have our flight flight and fight um system and with something like that you know if you take and i'm not endorsing alcohol but if you take a shot you know and it's a harsh shot you feel it you know there's something about your body that gets you know it's a there's a response there and using apple cider vinegar I was thinking that that could possibly be another way, a shooter to get yourself kind of amped up because what I worry about with relievers, I worry more about relievers for health reasons than I do starters because your process asks of you to go from zero to 60 in no time. I mean, I I had the fortunate opportunity to sit in the bullpen sometimes and just kind of observe, see how guys warmed up, how long did they sit? You know, some guys would sit for like two and a half hours you know, and all of a sudden the phone rings and their heart's jumping out of their chest because it's like, you know, when am I ready to go? And sometimes like when you're a mix of other relievers, it gets confusing because now you got a whole bunch of guys that are kind of driven and, and, and amped up. But, you know, the body has to get to a high level early so we don't shock it, right. you know, and, 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 you know, relievers too. Like I always think about, man, how, you know, sometimes you guys are going up three days in a row, like at what point, could there possibly be a fatigue element of this overdrive? And when do you need some type of performance enhancement naturally, obviously, and, and, and legally to, to get yourself up. So like, I mean, kind of talk to me about and, and Jordan and our audience and Bart, what happens in a third day as a reliever? I mean, in the, you know, the minor leagues, usually you're going every other day, especially with our high level prospects, you're, you're making sure that you're, you're kind of, giving them a gradual approach and then maybe in the upper level like triple a they start going back to back but when you got to get ready for a third day you know you're going out there how do you get how do you get yourself going um you know what for me uh i actually preferred you know physically it was a challenge you know i didn't really ever get sore very often i mean i took care of my arm really well i was always i don't i know people have their own opinion on ice i think icing for me is something that i've been doing it since i was a kid knock on wood, I've never had arm issues. Um, and it's just, like I said, that's my routine. Um, I've always stayed on top of my arm care, my shoulder care. And that's, like I said, every person's different, whether you, you're a uh, heat guy. But, um, you know, I would, day two, back-to-back days, I was fine. Day three would be a little bit just tight. Um, but, like, it's I preferred, like, I like those day threes because, like, talk about going to war and talk about, like, having a battle. Like, I probably threw three days back to back to back probably five to six times in my career, maybe maybe a few times more. But, like, the reason why I liked it was the expectation was, like, everyone knows this guy's going up for day three, okay? And it's an opportunity to really step up and like I said, I thrived just for me, like I thrived on that energy where like people expected, they didn't expect my best game. And it was an opportunity for me to be like, oh no, check this out mm-hmm. This for me, watch this. And so like, I always had like, that's talk about the, um, the balance. Like, I do feel like, you know, y- you said you were worried about guys' health, you know, guys' mindset, you know, I think a big contribution to going into um you know me stepping away from baseball was I I was a guy that was just always trying to get that spark or 
do the little, you know, whatever I could do to get myself ready for that moment that I think I, you know, I just kind of burnt out a little bit. And um, that was where my decision kind of came in. I just started really hating the game. I started, didn't want to do any process. I didn't want to be at the field. And so take for me as a great example of kind of like, not, not what to do, but like learning to have that balance, learning to use something that's more natural. I mean, obviously caffeine's natural, um, but like, you know, Red Bulls and, you know, P4 and having to do that and then being jacked up, taking 100, you know, 50 milligrams of caffeine at 10 o'clock at night and yeah. then having to cut the body off and then get up in the morning. It's just is like that, can, that can't be good for somebody's sanity. Um, but <laughs> I started actually doing like a cayenne pepper shot and that was pretty yeah. cool. Um, yeah. But I definitely will try the apple cider because that's where I want. Like I want everything I do when I play or if I play again to just be I want to be that elite level of like I'm in control 24 seven. Like I'm not, I understand my mechanics. I understand my prep. I understand what needs to go into my body. There's no guessing if my mechanics or if my slider is going to be there today. Um, and that's honestly where I think this routine that I've been doing this time off has been kind of giving me some clarity with all this. So um, yeah, I mean, that's kind of, there's a lot there, but that's kind of what I got on that. It's a, yeah, on it's the a cayenne minute. pepper shots, I remember it was in like, it was like 2019 for whatever reason, you and Justin Anderson told me, yeah, we got to just drink these little <laughs> cayenne. I said, all yeah. right, whatever. And I think my face melted off, you know? Yeah. So these are guys that throw a hundred too. Yeah. So. And I'm obviously like really into fitness and nutrition just by looking at me. So I understand what cayenne pepper does. <laughs> obviously don't, that's a joke. Obviously Ryan, don't, don't take it too serious, but uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's an experience. Everyone should try it at least once. I'll tell you, man, uh, it's, it's a, it's a science. When you think about preparing your body, there's nothing harder than being a reliever. You're never coming into a game where, you know, sometimes if you're going into a game and it's a blowout, you're either ahead or you're, you're behind. That's a little bit less stressful, but you're really counted on, when the game is on the line, you know, mm -hmm. to make your pitches, you're generally going to be facing, you know, the meat of the order at certain times. So you get to a level of like where Ty was as a closer. I mean, those are critical. Yeah. Um, you don't want those guys on base and you don't want to, you don't run to come in. You're generally in there when there's runners on base, you know, you're not delivering the ball from the full windup. There's no right. slow points in the delivery. It's, you know, you're on the rubber and you're going, you know, right. and, there, and there's a process there. And this, there was one thing. And I'm a scientist. And the first thing is a coordinator in the entire minor leagues, I would just, I would just sit in the bullpen, you know, and the strength coaches that I would come and observe, I'd say, tell them, you know, I, I want to see how these guys prepare for games. I, I, I don't know. Um, I, yeah, I've been in the weight room all day, I've, you know, with, with the coaches and on the field. And I, I really, I really gravitated being in the bullpen. It's just so interesting. The guys would go, a lot of guys would sit and a lot of guys would have very unfocused conversations. You know, yeah. it's just really interesting. They, they talk about anything and everything. And half the time, they're not paying attention to the game until they know, okay, I, I got to get close. And um, one of the things I thought about, we call this concept grease the gears. We wanted to have a graded warm-up routine to get, to get the relievers to start moving around. Because one of the elements of, of movement and, you know, doing small warm-up patterns and utilizing the bullpen, there's a little space in there that you can get your body activated over the course of games is that one, it gets you mentally in a good place. 
You know, when we exercise, there's a lot of endorphins mm-hmm. that happen w- when we're training. And the other thing is the warm-up pattern. If you're doing a graded warm-up and there's some skip patterns, you're using bands, you're using different things that are uh, loaded, there is this release of endorphins, this hormone that makes you happy, you know, and, and the body starts feeling a little bit calmer. And what, what I want to do is, is try to give the athlete a little bit of an opportunity to one, get their body prepared, but to bridge the gap when they got to go to that zero to hundred miles an hour in a second, you know, they're getting on the mound, they're throwing eight to 10 pitches and you're in the game, you know, and, and there has to be a way that we prepare them because the whole shock of it, you know, the science of managing a bullpen, like sometimes guys get up and they don't go in the game. So yeah. They're throwing, they're throwing yeah. an inning in the bullpen, you know, sometimes, it, you know, and, and other times that the game changes and it's slow to put them in the game. You got to pace yourself. You got to wait between your throws because you don't want to do too much and you kind of burn out your candle before you go in. And I always thought about, you know, having the right warm up process. And I remember in the minor leagues, I had the, the pitchers, our guys, our, our relievers, within two innings that they went out, they had to do sprints while our, while our pitcher was warming up, while our guys were throwing to each other in the field. We had the field, essentially. It didn't look right, but guys were doing, were doing skip patterns and sprinting. You know, It was only like 10 yards, 10 to 15 yards. They'd do a couple of these sets, and then they come back. You know, The game would go on, and then they would do their, their specific warm-up routine into the games. And we saw velocity bumps. Remember Jordan, I was showing data. I said, I told the, I, I didn't want to do it with every team, but I said, let's do it with the team, with this team, the group of 10 to 12 athletes, you know, that are, we had some guys that were going back and forth between starting and relieving. And we saw velocity increases with the way that they warmed up and the way they prepared their bodies for battle. Like it makes a difference, you know, and the whole well, key, it, it's just, it was amazing. I want to interject on that. Coach. Yeah, go ahead, man. So I actually, for me, and this is getting to what you were saying, I, in double A, threw the hardest I did. I was throwing consistently, coming into the game, throwing 98 to 100 pretty much every single time. Um, in my second year, when I got um, came back from my first full year as a reliever, and I was actually working with Keith Folk, and I did like a very unorthodox kind of like not practical thing, but I enjoyed it a lot. So like, or not practical in the sense of like in the big leagues, it could be looked at as like, you know, eyewash or frowned upon or like, what are you doing type of deal? But like, I was trying to get my velo up and I was always the guy that in play, when I play catch, like I play with a purpose. Like I let it go. Um, like I said, I haven't had arm issues. Everyone says, save your bullets. I know there's guys in the big leagues that throw, they've thrown hard their whole entire life um, in catch. I mean, I'm not blowing guys up 50 feet, but like, I play catch with a purpose. Um, even on days like, you know, I'm a little sore. Now, maybe when I get older, maybe I'll be regretting that decision a little bit. But for me, I feel like that was a big part. But, like, I would go into the game and I would find a chain link fence in the bullpen and, like, I would take those plyo balls and then I would take a baseball and I would just let it rip, <laughs> like, into this chain link fence. And I would do it, like, ten times. And everyone, you know, in the pen would look at me like, what's this guy doing? And I'm not kidding. Like, because I did this, I would do the sprints. I would do the high knees. I would do the the weightlifting. I would do the bands. And like, I never got that real motion. But like when I would just take this ball and just drive it into this chain link fence and like tell my arm, like, hey, it's ready to go. Like I would get on the mound and I would just feel 
like my arm was so electric and I like that was just a I know that's maybe not what you're saying but like oh. you have me like you have if everyone's different like Joe Kelly guys have different you know fast switch muscle fibers maybe I take a little bit longer to get that going um, I've always thrown harder kind of my second time out or like something like that but like for me if, if you need that if you need like you need to get your mind or whatever in that state where you are just your arm is connected I don't know how yeah. I don't know how it happens everyone's different but like I wish I would still do that because that was a way that like I just was ready to go like um and it's a way to kind of get it rid of that anxiety and that yeah. you know, oh I'm tight I'm a little tired um you, you know that's why I, I think if you're in the bullpen like you should be you know, obviously, if you're an older guy, you have your own routine. But, like, if you're trying to, like, get yourself going, man, like, let that ball eat in the bullpen. <laughs> let it eat. Yeah. Like, let it eat when you get out on that mound. Like, I would always, whenever I would, like, try to just gradually throw it in the game, it's like, throw how you're going to throw when that batter's up. Because now you're going from throwing 80%, 75% straight to 100%. Some people can do it. For Personally, for me. I like to have that full go mentality from uh, the get go. Yeah. Yeah. The great thing about that is, is there's players that said, Oh, that's eyewash. What is this guy doing? We're a clown, you know? And I, I guarantee you, as soon as they saw your big league debut, they're over there ripping right. balls into a fence, you know? Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so Ty, in your experience is a, you know, as an elite level athlete, elite level performer, what technologies do you, be, do you feel, you know, you really benefited from in your process? Man, um, technology for me was something when I was drafted in the minor leagues, it was there really wasn't much tech out there. Um, I re physically training. I used the whoop band for like five, six years. Like I had that thing strapped on. Um, I personally. That thing, it's good to know, but like I know if I worked hard, you know, spitting out the day strain, spitting out the calories um how many things you burn your sleep patterns man like as a baseball player during the season it is what it is like you just you're gonna be getting in late you're gonna have bad sleep schedules you can do as much as you want um I use that in, in sense of um for just a tra training and health purposes I liked it it was cool it kind of was a self-accountability thing pitching wise Lee actually and I got guys like I got introduced to tech like really jumped into it um when I was with the Angels like that's when they started introducing this stuff and I was like that old school mindset at first was like I don't need this stuff I don't want it like it's gonna confuse me then I started realizing like just use it for a tool like it's here to help you it's not like that's such a stupid old school belief or it's like I don't need the technology it's like if the technology is telling you and it's showing consistency of guys burning out similar ranges of motion you know similar external internal rotations certain degrees causes injuries and there's a pattern and I have that pattern like and oh my gosh hmm, my elbow kind of hurts a little bit that's something that like I'm going back into baseball like I want that information now I want to try it I actually went out to driveline and the one I don't know what like I said I'm not trying I, I'm I want to learn more about the tech um, I didn't really get into it since I left but I went out the driveline uh, over the 2020 um, offseason, and I really, really like the biomechanic thing where they put the beads all over you, yeah. and they 
show you your skeleton and they say, Hey, like, this is what, this is how your body moves. Like the reason you're not getting them, you know, you're like, I found out I don't have the fastest arm. I got a lot of my velocity with me being a big guy and me being, I got down the rubber really fast for being a big, strong guy. And I actually learned like the heavier I am that if I can control that weight, you know, I actually will throw a little bit harder. And, um, that goes to sh- like when I was throwing hard in double A, like I was 245 when I was like 95, 97 with the Angels for a couple of years, like I was 236, 238. And mm-hmm. as I put up, I would throw harder a little bit. Um, and so I learned, I like to see how my body, like there was things I didn't know mechanically that I was doing that I had, you know, that emotional awareness to think, okay, that, that feels right. But what you guys were kind of telling me about like, being able to predict and like, you know, see these deficiencies in guys, that's something that like I am all on board. And I think it's, I think it's going to have a huge impact because guys are throwing, there's so much training going on and everyone's like, you know, everybody, young kids are just trying to throw gas, you know, and there has to be like, Hey, guys are throwing harder and harder and harder trying to compete with everyone. Like there has to be a system in place that's able to kind of like tell like what exactly like you, you're going down a path you don't need to go so anything that can save an injury that can save a guy's you know like get, not happen you know not have Tommy John happen not have you know impingements anything like I'm all for it and I didn't really have that in the minor leagues and I started learning about in the big leagues honestly yeah, we're that's our mission, man. We're all about that. We we want to save arms and have people perform well. Our our mission statement is health, velocity, command. That's what our technology is all about improving. And it's just amazing for you to you know speak about that because it is you know it's the future. Guys are going to be throwing harder. We want to ensure that they're throwing safely because throwing hard we don't believe should hurt. Right. Right. Hey Ty, this was awesome. I know you got to run. Uh, listen. We really appreciate it. Uh, if you guys like this, uh, definitely subscribe. If you haven't, if you've got questions, let us know. Um, reach out to us on armcare.com or, or wherever you can. We'll, we'll get back to you on that. And uh, once again, like I said, thank you. Enjoyed it.